This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Good afternoon. So I want to talk to you today about the risen Lord seeking to be uh, involved in our everyday lives. I want to talk to you today about God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit being your co-worker, your companion, and guide each and every day. I want to talk to you today about how it is God's desire and will for you to be victorious in your day-to-day living. That is what we see in our passages this afternoon as Jesus comes to the shoreline uh, to be with his disciples. Now let's take a few moments and look at what John shares with us this afternoon. The Apostle John shares with us what is happening. The disciples have traveled back to the region of the Sea of Galilee. In the passage, John refers to it as the Sea of Tiberias, which is what the Romans wanted to call it, uh, in honor of Tiberius Caesar, who uh, reigned from 14 AD to 37 AD. Now, Jesus had already appeared to a number of people. He had appeared to Mary Magdalene and some other women along with the two people going toward the city of Emmaus. He had appeared to the disciples twice. The first time on the day of his resurrection and eight days later to help Thomas understand his resurrection. But those appearances were not a normal day-to-day experience. You just never know. You just never knew when Jesus was going to show up or to whom he was going to appear. It was all a mystery. The disciples were back in the area of Galilee because that is where Jesus told them to go. He told them to go there and wait. And that's what they were doing. They were waiting for further orders and instructions. But waiting is hard. Waiting is hard if you have been used to getting up every morning ready to do something with Jesus. And you say, understand, for the past three and a half years, that had been their life. They had woken up and found Jesus either beside them or at least somewhere close by praying. They had gotten used to getting up and following Jesus wherever he wanted to go. Jesus was their leader and they were his disciples. It was their job to obey his commands and follow his directions. That was what disciples did. One day it might mean going down to the city of Jerusalem or farther down to the city of Jericho. Another day it might mean going north toward the city of Capernaum. It might even mean going over to the area of uh, Gadarenes or the area of Samaritans. At times it meant they would all get in a boat and travel around the Sea of Galilee. Jesus would stop at different points and either uh, go on land to teach, heal and free, uh, free people, or he would stay on the boat and preach to the crowds that gathered. Sometimes it would be them going out to teach, preach, and heal. Every day was an adventure. You just never knew where Jesus was going to take them or what he was going to have them do. Their job was to listen, obey, and follow Jesus. And, they knew, and they, all they knew was that over the past few days, Jesus had not shown up. And I'm sure they were getting quite bored. They were, there was no doubt uh, wondering what they were going to do, be doing next. Jesus' mission had been fulfilled. As Messiah, he, he had come down from heaven uh, above and had given his life for his people. The penalty of sin had been paid for and the power of sin had been broken. There were, however, questions that hung in the air. Was it time for them to begin to bring about the kingdom of God here on earth? Was it time for them to help the nation of Israel to rise up and cast off the yoke of Rome? Was it time for them to go to Jerusalem to make those in authority at the temple leave so that the Messiah could rule over his temple and his people? I'm sure that they had a lot of different thoughts spinning around in their heads. I mean, what would we think about uh, with all the things that had gone on in the past few weeks? The triumphal entry, the Last Supper, the, the trial, the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection. How would all that affect us? What would we do while we waited? Most of the disciples were now back home. They had been united with their families and loved ones. I'm sure that their children and spouses and their parents were glad that they were home, safe and sound. They were also wondering what was coming next. They had watched their loved ones step away from their normal lives and 
travel around with Jesus for the past three and a half years. What was next? Would there even be a next? Peter steps forward and states that he's going fishing. He's tired of just waiting around the house. Jesus has not shown up, and so instead of just sitting around, he's going to go fishing. Maybe his family needed some money. Maybe some of the other disciples' families needed some money. I mean, after all, without Jesus, the people who supported the ministry had probably gone back home too. Without Jesus, there was no mission, no income, and no direction. Peter wasn't the type to sit around. He was a man who liked action. He liked to be doing something. He decided that until something happened, he was going to go back to do what he knew best. Fishing. John tells us that he, along with uh, his brother and some others, decided that they would go with Peter. I'm sure if they had all been sitting around together, their parents, their spouses, and even their children might have been glad to see them get out of the house and do something. No one likes a bunch of anxious guys just sitting around pretty much getting in the way. Some people feel like the disciples were committing some major sin or at least doing their best to abandon their mission. I don't think that is what's going on here at all. I think those who look at this passage that way have read way too much into the passage. In my opinion, these men just got bored and decided to do what they loved and were good at. They wanted to go fishing. After all, they had been professional fishermen. They had known what it was to cast a net, feel the water on their faces, and experience the joy of pulling up a net full of fish. They knew what it felt like to see a great big catch and know that today they would be more than able to feed and take care of their families. They knew how to fish. They enjoyed fishing. It was in their DNA. No doubt in their fathers and grandfathers had been great fishermen. But the Bible says that this particular trip was not very fulfilling. It was not at first. All night long they had paddled all over the Sea of Galilee. They had tried all their favorite spots. They had waited and looked for any ripples on the water. They had talked and talked and talked and uh, some more. They had casted their nets tens of times hoping to bring up a net load of fish. However, each time their nets returned with only little droplets of water and perhaps a twig or two and a few dead leaves. But the next morning, their nets and their stomachs were both empty. They hadn't been able to catch even one minuscule fish, not even one tiny little sardine or minnow. By now, I'm sure they were tired, frustrated, perhaps even a little cranky and somewhat baffled. I mean, at least four of those in the boat had made their living by fishing. Peter, James, John, and Andrew were known to be skilled fishermen. What had happened? Had they lost their touch? Or were they just rusty? If they couldn't fish, how would they take care of their families now that Jesus' mission was finished? It's a little phrase. They caught nothing is powerful. Have you ever felt that way? You've worked for hours getting the house clean only to have a couple of children or a spouse be able to mess it up in a matter of minutes. You worked on a, a project or a paper on the computer only to have it crash. And when you finally got it back, got, got it back all your work had been lost. You tried to go shopping, but the stores didn't have what you needed. And the traffic was just horrible. You have, you've had one of those days that seems like nothing you did worked out. You have, you've had one of those days when, instead of feeling like you made some progress, you felt like you lost ground. You felt good about not gossiping, not complaining, not doing this or that, and suddenly before you knew it, you had, you had messed again. Your addiction had gotten you again. You took a smoke, you took a drink, you grabbed another bowl of ice cream or a piece of pie. You talked about someone. You watched something you shouldn't have or you thought about something you shouldn't have. Now you're back to square one all over again. I believe we all have had days or nights like this. We have been right there with these men in this boat doing our best to be productive only to come up with empty nets. We all have a time when we feel like we've wasted our energy wasted our time, and perhaps even wasted some of our money. In the book of Ecclesiastes, the writer talks to us about striving after the wind, or 
training under the toe of the sun. In other words, doing our best to get something done only to find out we feel like we have gotten nowhere. Remember Peter and his friends felt that morning. But then, suddenly a stranger shows up on the shoreline. John tells us that they were so desperate that they were ready to act on his advice. The man on the shore begins by asking them if they had caught any fish. Now, if you have been fishing, that question either makes you really good, makes you, I'm sorry, makes you feel really good or really bad. Whatever you want to know, wants to, wants to do is to say things like, yep, we've caught another mother load. Yep, see all the, all the fish, see all these string of fish here? It's been a great night. Meet us over there and we'll be able to sell you some. I'm sure there were many mornings that the local fish market owners walked down to the shoreline to get the freshest fish. But this morning, these disciples didn't have anything to talk about. They didn't have any fish at all. All they had was aching backs and sad faces. Now, I like the way John writes their answer. No. No. N-O. Exactly. No explanation. No going into what kind of night it had been. Just a simple, plain and simple, that's it. No. That pretty much tells me that they were not happy. They didn't want to talk about it. They were tired. They were hungry. And they were empty. They had used muscles that they had not used for a while. They had mistakenly thought they could just step back in the boat and be able to haul in a big catch. They may have been, uh, maybe even bragged a little to the families to be ready when they got back. They would be uh, celebrating with some fish and chips. There might even be you know, a new dress or shawl in the mix. I'm sure that their pride was a little hurt. The reputation around that area was that of being highly successful. And the fact that they had four of the best in their boat didn't help matters. And the fact that they listened to the stranger on the shore tells me that they were desperate. They didn't know him at, at the time, and they were willing to try anything. If you've been fishing, you know there are times you are willing to try anything. If someone has, uh, if someone has an idea, it is at least worth the effort to try. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll work. Who knows? Maybe they will know something you don't. When you're not catching fish, you will almost try anything. But then the Bible tells us about the catch. In a matter of seconds, the, the Bible tells us that some amazing things happened. They cast the nets to the right of the boat and bam! All kinds of fish rushed into their nets. They then looked out and suddenly recognized who the stranger was. It was Jesus. It was the risen Lord, the Messiah. Peter forgets about the fish and dives in to go and see Jesus. After all, who wants a fish when you can be with the risen Lord? I mean, a moment with the risen Lord is worth more than any net or load of fish. The rest of the disciples, however, took stock and proceeded to pull in the load of fish and came on shore. And sure enough, there was Jesus cooking some fish on the shore waiting for them. He didn't say much right then, but just asked them to bring a couple more fish them to eat that morning. He'd already made some bread, so everything was just about ready for them to have some fish and bread for a morning meal before they would go and sell their catch and pay some bills. Now this is a great story. It's a miracle story. It is a story, it is a story that can speak to each and every one of us. It is a story about a lack of, sorry, it is not a story about a lack of faith or a refusal to do the mission. Jesus did not fuss at the disciples. Jesus does not berate them or tell them that they were without faith or devotion. It is important for us to understand this so we can understand the truths of this story. Jesus does not criticize them for going back to what they knew best, fishing. Jesus helps them. Jesus teaches them that there are some things that he can see that they cannot. Jesus teaches them that they need him to be successful no matter what they are doing, and that he is more than willing to help them. From their vantage point, they couldn't see the fish. They were right there within a few feet of them, but they couldn't see them. However, Jesus could. Jesus can see things that we can't see. Remember the story of Samuel when he went to the house of Jesse to anoint the king? You find it in 1 Samuel 16. 
Samuel was upset that God had rejected King Saul. In fact, the Bible tells us that Samuel was grieving. Samuel had known that bad things would happen when Israel rejected God for a king. What he didn't know was that bad things would happen so quickly. He had grown to like Saul and was grieving that God was having to replace him. The Bible tells us that Samuel was instructed to go to Jesse's house to anoint the next king of Israel. After getting there, he has all of Jesse's sons go before him to see who God has picked. Naturally, Samuel thought Eliab was the perfect choice. Eliab was the firstborn, and he already looked like a king. But God interrupted Samuel and told him that he didn't have the right vision. God was looking on the heart and not on a man's outward appearance. This dance between God and Samuel went on and on and on. Each time a son came forward, Solomon thought, this, this one Lord? He, he is tall, strong, and handsome, but each time the Lord reminded him that while Solomon could see the outside, God could see the inside. And when God looked on the inside, he did not see a king inside any of the first seven sons of Jesse. Finally, Jesse's eighth son, David, was called from the fields and brought in. Solomon took one look at him and thought, he's too small, he's too young, he doesn't look like a king, now what am I going to do? Sure enough, at that time, David didn't look like a king. It would take a couple, a couple more decades before David looked like a king. Right now, he looked like a shepherd boy. But in his heart, there was a deep and passionate love for God and for the people of Israel. In his heart, he had all the makings of a king. David had all the makings of being a great king. A king that would bring peace and prosperity to the people of Israel. A king who would be able to lead his people politically militarily, morally, and most importantly, spiritually. The same is true of many of the other people we find in the Old and New Testament. When people saw Abraham and Sarah in the natural, in the, natu in the natural, all they saw was an old man and woman whose time had passed. However, God saw a couple who were still able to have the promised child after both of them were over 90 years old. Wow. When people saw Moses, and, uh, when people saw Moses, naturally, he was an old man taking care of a few sheep. A man who had seen his best days. A man who once may have been destined for greatness, but now only for the backside of the desert. When God saw Moses, he saw his chosen one who would lead his people out of slavery and out of Egypt. He saw Israel's greatest lawgiver. He saw a man who he could trust, a man who he could talk to and who would do great things. When people saw Ruth, uh, naturally, they saw a young widow down on her luck, living in a foreign land and having to survive off the goodness of others. When God saw Ruth, he saw a mighty woman of God, the future great-grandmother of King David. What we see is not always what God sees. We need to let God show us things in the supernatural. We need to allow God to open up our eyes. All night long, these disciples were, had searched and searched for fish. All night long, they had thrown their nets. They had discussed different strategies. They had visited all the good places they used in the past. Nothing had uh, been successful. Nothing. But Jesus saw the fish. Jesus knew where the fish were swimming. Jesus knew that they were just about 10 feet to the right of their boat. Jesus knew where he, his Father, and the Holy Spirit had put them. Now this afternoon, we may not understand everything or be able to see everything, and that's okay. We're not supposed to have that ability. But our risen Savior, Jesus the Messiah, does. Jesus has the ability to see everything. Jesus has the ability to lead us in the right direction. Jesus knows where the fish are, who the right person is to be in leadership, and what direction we need to be traveling. Jesus knows everything, and Jesus will lead us to victory and celebration. Thank you. The Bible tells us that one touch of God's favor, God's blessing, God's anointing, can change everything. Jesus said one thing, and suddenly everything changed. One word from Jesus, one command from Jesus, one insight from Jesus, and everything can change. It's the truth. Those disciples went from having one of the worst nights of their lives
to experiencing an amazing miracle and being able to eat a meal with the risen Christ. Actually, not eat a meal with the risen Christ. It was even better than that because Jesus fixed the meal. God in flesh, the King of kings and Lord of lords fixed their breakfast. Now that doesn't make you have a great day. Nothing will. I'm telling you. Jesus' words and presence made the fishing trip one to put down in the Bible. This event was included in one of John's victory stories. Stories that remind us that God is on our side. That more than anything, God wants us to enjoy life. That more than anything, God wants to bless us and rain down all kinds of blessings on us. That is the God that we serve. Not a God who just gives a couple of fish, but, but one who has the nets straining. A God who is able to put 153 fish into our lives. A God who is able to let us know that nothing is out of reach. A God who loves us and wants us to be successful. There's been so much speculation concerning why 153 fish that it has that has all become confusing. Look, the simple truth is because God wanted 153 fish. Just like the day that the Lord made 180 gallons of wine for that young couple at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. Why did God do that? Why that much and for what reason? I think because God wanted to. It's just that plain and simple. God called 153 fish to jump into the net. God wanted to make 180 gallons of wine. God wanted to take five fish and two loaves and feed over 5,000 people. God wanted to anoint 70 people to go out and teach, heal, and free people from ignorance, disease, and the devil. God just wanted to. It's his creation. He is God. And he gets to do what he wants to do. And one of those things he wants to do is to bless us humans. He wants us to be victorious. He wants us to live an abundant life. So many people don't understand this simple truth. They think that God has made our world so that we will suffer, complain, and have a difficult time. They think that God has something against us. And that is the reason why we have so much heartache and disease and death. The fact is that none of that is the truth. God does his best to enable us to live an abundant life. God does his best to make sure we are empowered uh, in and through his Holy Spirit. God has given us all we need on this earth. The problem is we humans don't want to share. Out of greed, we have collectively created all kinds of problems, diseases, we could avoid the horrible pain of most of the cancers we have today if we would just treat our world and one another the way God intended for us to do. So many of our problems have resulted in us listening to that old liar, the devil. He tells us that we can harm this planet. We can twist things and turn things upside down and not have any dire consequences. We need to understand that if it has to do with greed, immorality, sin, disobedience, then in the end, we will, be, we will be doing, all we will be doing is hurting ourselves, others, and all of creation. However, as you read the Bible, you find that God loves nothing more than for us to experience victory and live an abundant life. God loves nothing more than for us to enjoy a life of holiness. God loves nothing more than for us to enjoy a, a little bit of heaven here on his good earth. Peter got to walk on water. Lazarus got to come out of that grave. That little boy got, got to watch his lunch feed over 5,000 people. Esther got to free her people. Joshua got to see the sun stand still. Moses got to part the Red Sea. Peter got to heal people with his shadow. Paul and Silas got to see the jail bars come open. Zechariah got to see an angel. Nehemiah got to build a city wall, citywide wall in just 52 days. Solomon got to build the house of the Lord Almighty. Daniel got to see visions 
and interpret dreams. Over and over we read of victory after victory, success after success, abundant life after abundant life. Today, that same God is alive and well. The Jesus that stood on the seashore is our Jesus. He is ready. He is willing and he is waiting for us to listen to him. To follow his words and to experience an abundant life. He is waiting for us to receive a life of goodness, favor, and blessing. He is waiting for us to be ready to cast a net at his leading. He is waiting for us to sit down and celebrate life with him. That is the part of the story I enjoyed the most. Jesus and the boys sitting around the fire sharing food, fellowship, and fun. Jesus smiling as he tells the boys that he, uh, that he watched over them all night, all night long, just waiting for them to be victorious in the morning. Jesus smiles as he watches them look at him and wonder how in the world did he come back to life. Jesus smiles as they share stories and begins to tell them about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus smiles as he tells them that he has some work for them to do. They wouldn't be going back to fishing. Instead, they would be tending to the flocks of people who would be coming to faith through the power of his Holy Spirit. Jesus can see what we can't. Jesus has victorious and successes for us. I'm sorry, it's victories, I should say. Victories and successes for us that are more than even we can imagine. Questions this afternoon are, will we walk with him, listen to him, obey his words? Will we cast our nets one more time when he tells us and where he tells us? Will we take the time to sit around the fire with him? Will we jump out of the boat because more than anything, we love Jesus and want to be with him? Will we allow ourselves to be bold enough to ask the Lord to help us live abundantly? Will we allow ourselves to receive an anointing for success and victory? I believe that we will. I believe that we will and we will reap all the benefits of our listening, our waiting, and our obedience. I believe that the Lord will amaze us as we walk with Him each and every day. I believe that the Lord will give us supernatural vision, supernatural blessings, and supernatural favor. I believe that the Lord will bless us as we do His will. I believe because the Bible says it is true. I believe because of what God promises. And God always does what He promises. Okay, announcements. Let's see, I'm just going to be a quick one again, guys. I'm not going to go real, real elaborate here. As you can see, I'm still a little hoarse. Having a, having a little problem here, so I'm trying not to go too crazy here. Feedback at LSULC.com. Compliment, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. It's that simple. Go download the Pray.com app. Request for prayer. We'll pray for you during the week. You can be anonymous or not. Email pray at dallasvlc.com. Have a service dedicated to a loved one, alive or dead. Great gift. Email pray at dallasvlc.com. Extra info. You can ask us for it right there. Pray at Also, for the, the thing on the on the uh, 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 the dedication of a service. Look, that's kind of important. I don't I want to talk about that. Really. Look. It's fun to get, it's, it's an honor to get, it's, it's, it's neat, it's whatever you want to call it, to get a, a service dedicated in your name, either, I think it's cool when you're alive, I mean, I, I, I think that's kind of neat that you can actually acknowledge that, but you know, people do it for their loved ones who've passed on as well in memorials, but for, it's just a small, all we ask for you to do is, is donate a small fee to help cover the cost of the service, it's not that, you know, their name's going to be in the, in the bulletin, we might even do a little short video if, you, if, we, if we can do that for them. Um, Absolutely. We can then also send you a physical copy of the program. Absolutely. Well, that's a great idea. And you know, sure. Out in the cyber world, you know, YouTube land and and and, and uh, podcastville. 
no, I'm sorry, you know. Look, if you have the desire to, to dedicate a service and have, would like us to say a mass or a service for one of your friends, your loved ones, your, your, your relatives, whatever, to, to honor them, there's how you get in touch with this, okay? I got it. I, I, I do get this. Until it's completely gone, I'm always going to do this. Hey, you know we had a podcast. You know we had a podcast. We got a podcast. That might be a good thing for everybody here. You know that? Check out our podcast. Go to uh, Search Engine and search for Your Path with Bishop Mark. Or catch us on Google Podcasts, Anchor, TuneIn, Overcast, Breaker, CastBox, Radio Public, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, or Spotify. It's all right there, folks. Just go to Your Path with Bishop Mark. Your Path with Bishop Mark. That's all I got to say. What are they? Oh, you like those? Yeah. I put those out. I'm glad you're eating. We need volunteers. Volunteers. We need volunteers. Is that thing sticking up again? I can feel it tickling my neck. Crazy. This, this stole is crazy. I think it's haunted. I really do. Every time. Hey, this stole is supposed to match like this. See, it's supposed to be nice and straight, everybody. You see that? And every time, this was the, the, actually the stole while we were on, my, on the first service here at uh, Dallas Rivers Life Church when, when the altars were a little different and everything. But during that whole service, it was like this. And I you know, just, I, and it's still, I have trouble. Why? Like this. I see. We're going to have to pin it in the back or something. We're going to have to something to stop this because it's driving me nuts. Well, crazy. I'm trying to keep it, it's annoying. I mean, I go to visit, I go to edit the video and it's like, I'm cattywhopper. You know, that's a good word, isn't it? Cattywamper, you know what that means, right? I'm starting to feel really old here. It costs money to, to do this, what we do here. None of us take a paycheck. We're all voluntary, and for us to keep going, we need your help. We need your support. And you can do that. One of the ways you can do that is by going to anchor.fm slash bishopmark slash, is that correct? Yes, that's bishopmark slash support. Anchor.fm slash Bishop Mark slash support. Okay. Go ahead and hit the button. Yeah, there it is. Listen up. Um, I really want this event to be special. And I know that, that we've had some attendance decline recently. That's not unusual around the Easter time, after Easter, and it happens. Other things happen. You know, I'm not worried about that. We'll get the people back. More, more people will come. I'm not worried about that. What I am worried about is, I mean, yes, I really don't care if it's just me marching in the parade. I don't. I'll carry the sign and carry a, a banner and, and hoop and holler and do the whole thing myself. But I really want to make a statement out there, A, that we are supporting our brothers and sisters and that uh, we are a place that is all welcoming to everyone. And I want them to wonder who we are. I want them to go to our website. I want them to check us out. I want them to come to church. Because this is a great way for us to spread this message that we have that nobody seems to be able to walk out of these four walls and talk about. I don't get it. So, help me out, please. Talk to your friends. Talk to your relatives. Talk to everybody. Talk to the man walking down the street. I don't care. Look, this is fun. Walking in the Gay Pride Parade is fun. It's an experience that you will probably never forget. It becomes, you, your friends, you're with your friends, you're joking and having a good time and looking at all the funny people. And it's, it's a blast. It really is. And we're going to make a weekend of it. I mean, it's, it's Saturday. We will, uh, and this is coming up. This is, we're, we're 27 days away. Saturday night, we're all going to meet here at the church and have a sleepover, like we do for also for the Alzheimer's walk. And uh, what do we say we're going to do? We're gonna do oh, I'm, I'm thinking about, I, I couldn't afford, I can't afford to, to have t-shirts made. It's just too much money. So we're going to do iron-on t-shirts. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask everybody who's coming to bring their own white t-shirt. I'm sorry, guys. It's just the way it's got to be this year. I just don't have it. So bring your own white t-shirt, 
I'll pay for the iron-on stuff, and we'll, we'll iron on a cute little logo or whatever we're going to do for the product. We're going to have the same shirt. Okay? That sound good? I like the idea. Also, we'll do kind of an arts and crafts night that night. And we're going to make um, just a few, just not, maybe not for everybody, but if you want to, you can. I'll have some material here where you can make a sign that you can carry in the parade. You know, it can say anything like, you know, I love Dallas Real Universal Life Church. You know, Bishop Mark is hot. You know, you know the deacon uh, is, is, is really not a nerd. I mean, I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Sorry. I know. Uh, you know, on all accounts, right? Except for the first one. No. So I think we're going to make some signs. That'd be fun. fun. And, and, you know, so we're not just... And so we're not just doing that. We've got something at least to hold in the parade. You know, something. We can't throw anything in the parade. We didn't, you've got to pay a $100 throwing fee to throw in this parade. hundred bucks. That's it. We won't throw anything. We'll be, we'll be good. But I'm, I'm trying to emphasize this, guys. Look, this is important on, on a lot of levels, on a lot of levels, about you know, who we are as a church. And it's, it's a huge way to get our name out there. Okay? All right. I mean, that national, the TV, all the TV stations will be there. Okay? All of the TV stations will be there. The, the newspapers will be there. I mean, look, this is important. Please. Fair Park. You got to say more? All right. Very good. I apologize again for the hoarseness. I'm trying to get over it, and I've got uh, what have we got coming up? I've got something. I've got uh, get the purple party this weekend. I'm never going to get well. This is the this this is after this. I thought Easter was I thought Holy Holy Week was bad, but after that, my schedule has just like. It just, everything got crammed together into like three weeks. And I'm going, oh my God, you know? <laughs> Maybe. All right. A bishop a day keeps the devil away. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. So, what'd you like? What'd you not like? You want to keep something? You want to get rid of anything? Let me know. Now's your chance. Hey, what'd you like? What'd you not like? What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? Was that slow enough for you this time? I mean, am I going in there with you? I'm about to throw something. I know you are. <laughs> Alright, guys. I have an ammo of lollipops. <laughs> fishing with Jesus. Remember, you like your fishing? With Jesus? No. <laughs> do not. You don't like fishing? What about it? You know, like, it is just the, it's everything, just everything. The bait, they take it off. ADHD. Sitting there in silence, doing nothing. It is the epitome. You're concentrating very heavily on a bother. Doing nothing. In an you know, you, to an ADHD brain, that is one thing, and then everything else going on around me is. Up, but there's something else going on around you. All those sounds and the wind and the and the boat moving, literally all of that gets my unending and undying attention without any control over it whatsoever. Okay, so it drives me insane. <laughs> Short trip. <laughs> okay, I am here. All the time. <laughs> you know, my family used to go to. Um, we had two family trips a year. Let's take my car. We'll get there faster. We had, we had two family trips a year. <laughs> Uh, um, I've talked about it before. One was at Galveston. That was around my grandfather's birthday. And then around my grandmother's birthday, uh, we would go to Cattle uh, uh, um, Lake, which mm -hmm. we actually go to. The name of town was Uncertain, Texas. And they had a ranch called the Johnson Ranch out there, and they loved it when we came out there. We were in the big family. We were in the whole ranch, basically. And so I say ranch, but I use that term loosely. It was a they had it was a dock there, and they had a night, a big, huge. Uh, uh, deck, you know what we call it. It's not a pier, but it's like this. It was like a big picnic area over the water there, and you could actually fish there or whatever. It's a deck. Yeah, a deck. Okay. Yeah. And then they had a main house, and then they had some trailers and some you know, side houses. It was just a, a camping, you know, overnight. Yeah. But we rented the whole place for you know, for a weekend. So it was nice. And we had two expeditions a day where we'd go out fishing at, what was it, like, like 4 45 in the morning. And we'll turn out a little John boats. So that was mm -hmm. it. We had uh, usually a, uh, a guide that would be in the back and do the boat and there was either two adults or two sometimes two adults and a child would go 
and we had there were two or three boats went out in the morning, mm-hmm. and two or three boats went out in the beginning of the afternoon. So you and you fished. You know, you had a little bobber. You, you the guy he was really ridiculous. The, the guy would <coughs> put your minnow on for you, and you you would just go out there. And he would, if you got a fish, he would take it off for you. Well, you know, he's not really fishing, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of fun. Um, but it sucked. It sucked when we were out. You got up at four o'clock in the morning. You know. This is your vacation, right? Mm-hmm. You got it at four o'clock in the morning, you got there on that boat. It's cold because it was cold on the lake. Mm-hmm. Cattle Lake is the only natural lake in the state of Texas. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? All the lakes we have here, it's the only natural lake in the state of Texas. It's beautiful. And all this moss and everything hanging out of the trees. They have alligators out there, natural alligators and whatnot. A lot of coves and really neat place. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, it would suck when you connect that early in the morning, get out there, and freeze your bahooty off to go out to the main lake and, and get a long, long trip out to that main lake and you're coming in a John boat and you're cold and I'm usually like to sit in the front because I'm the little one, you know, and just, yeah, 15, 20, 30 minutes out there to the main lake that's where the fish are going to be, right? And you don't catch a damn thing. It's out there three or four hours and you go back with nothing. And we had, it didn't happen very often, mm-hmm. but it did happen. So now I think I kind of will know how those disciples felt. They're out there all night long. They, they're fishermen. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to know this stuff. <laughs> they have nothing. So, Jesus comes along and says, over here. Now, if you're me, and I didn't recognize this man, <laughs> I probably would have given him a few choice words, like, you know, mind your own business and some other things. <laughs> Thank God they didn't. They're willing to try anything. They did it, and lo and behold, they had 153 fish. What did I talk about today in the, in the gospel? The answer. Do you remember? What I know parts? <laughs> there were some big parts there where I kind of amped it up a little bit to kind of get your yeah. attention. Well, one of the parts I got to say was that stuck out to me a lot was the fact that he came and actually asked for, you know, breakfast. Anyway. He uh, offered, you know, he actually cooked breakfast for the Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, he actually humbled himself enough to, you know. Here's Jesus Christ cooking you breakfast. The risen Lord mm-hmm. is cooking you fish and some bread for breakfast. I mean, yeah. It beats any, any breakfast I've ever had in my life. And I'm sorry if anybody's made breakfast or anything, but they, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I, I find it interesting that when Jesus returns each time, it seems that it's, it's difficult to recognize him. He's different. He's still in his body because mm-hmm. it's still his body. But they don't recognize him. His, 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 his features change that much. Because they've seen the risen Lord already, twice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So why has it changed so much again? What's happening? Mean, I, I wonder, you know, that's just an, an interesting thing of why that happened and what we can deal with with that. So. I always, that, that, always found that question in my mind and never really got an answer to it, but there it is, you know. All right, what do you got for me? Well, now you I, got the cheat sheet over there. Yeah, Go ahead. Well, I, uh, uh, here, whenever we were starting off at the beginning, uh, uh, talking about the king, looking for the king, David, yeah. the eighth son, how he didn't look like the king. Okay. And how it, it, it's basically de- describing almost with how Jesus' look was different every time. Just because they don't look like okay. that thing doesn't mean that they can't be. Right. Just like that poor person that's on the street that you're supposed to be helping doesn't mean that they're a bad person or what have you. Absolutely. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't understand why, if he's staying in the same body, when the body was resurrected, the body ascended into heaven, why it looked so different from when they saw him as a risen Christ before. Mm-hmm. I understand that it would look different as a, as a risen Christ versus the the human mm-hmm. living Christ, okay, before he, before he was crucified. But I understand that would be that would look probably pretty different. There's a transformation. But maybe why from the, the first couple times of Psalm until now is there such a big transformation? Maybe it's it. just the time know, but between. But that's the common. This happened on the, on the on the road to Emmaus. They had the same issue. They, they didn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder it's, if it's if it's God, Jesus, uh, or whatever, purposefully disguising himself to do what he's got to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Kind of to teach some. Well, I mean, look, when these, the, the, the road to Emmaus, 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 I always get that wrong. Mm-hmm. Emmaus. Um, he was 
Yeah, he was kind of stealth. He mm-hmm. was kind of asking questions about the, the crucifixion and things that happened, and they were talking about it, and, and they probably wouldn't have said the things they said if he hadn't been there. I mean, if, he, if they'd known he was Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He was in Christ. So, anyway. Um, let me have my... What was with all those random, like, there was one entry of just like a ton of all carriage returns that. and stuff. No, there wasn't. Mm-hmm. Well, for what? The edited one didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Oh, how you manage that? Yeah, it's not going to sink that quickly. Look at that. Isn't that pretty? <laughs> That's it. You see, it's pushed all the way down. Yeah. That's off the bottom. Yeah. I think what that is is the printer just kind of, I don't know what... Something happened there. I don't know what's going on. Because it, it pushed it up here. Something moved it or something. Something got down there and messed it up. Okay, that's all right. You know, we have that issue. It's nice and clear, but okay. I'm trying to find uh, how to do this a lot. Okay, there we go. It's like with my money. you got to keep my money straight, too. You can't just take the pages and get them out of order. It messes me up. I can I can go we'll go to sleep. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of work running a church, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Thank you for this weekend. Justin was kind enough to come in and help. Um, I I have literally been in my bed basically since since whole week ended, <coughs> and um, I did not get the energy to to make the program or to do the. Okay. Thank you. Hello. Or do the um, PowerPoint for today's service. And so just came in last night and worked all night long and got those knocked out for me and for everyone here. So I appreciate that. He's very talented. Um, and that was with me starting a new full-time job this week. Congratulations <laughs> for that, by the way. That's very nice. Um, now, now we can start needing to tie a little more often. Uh, often. <laughs> Guys, talk to me. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're kind of, you know, all over the place today. Let's, let's kind of think about what we were talking about here. What's going on here? What is the lesson in, from today's gospel? What, what is it about this interaction with the risen Christ that is trying to be highlighted here? My brain is not. I know, I get that. I get it. I get it. It's okay. <clears throat> that I would say one of the primary key points that we're trying to get across is that if we have faith that typically that God will come through and but not necessarily I would say not necessarily in the way that you would expect well, God's always doing what he's unexpected, isn't he? You know, look, we, we want things a certain way. I mean, that's our, our free will, right? So we'll, we'll, we'll pray for it, and he'll give me, please give me this, this will help me do this. And God may eventually grant it, but he's probably not going to grant it when you want it, because he, he knows what your needs are. Okay? Not what you want. Well, not what you want. So I need mean, a lot of things we want, we don't need. Okay? Um, well, at the end of the gospel, it, it starts talking about him telling his, his, his disciples specifically, go and feed my sheep, go and feed my followers. Correct. It's your turn now to do these miracles on your own What's to, to push forth my word. Yeah, I think it's interesting there's a bit of controversy about this this particular verse, this particular Bible, this particular gospel, about the people think that the, the uh, apostles were actually being insubordinate. They were, they were out fishing when they were supposed to be, you know, getting ready for, for Christ and everything, and he came. But there's no evidence of that here. Mm-hmm. The, the evidence is that they were bored and they were they were needing something to do. He came just to maybe prove a point again, or he missed him or whatever. He wanted to cook them breakfast. That he wanted to be their king, cooking them breakfast instead of the other way, yeah. instead of him being served. Yeah. Okay. Did you find that Revelations reading a little out of place? A little bit. Well, what was all that about? Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads and myriads and thousands and thousands singing with full voice, worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and glory and blessing. Well, no, that, I mean, that, that's talking in a way of Jesus' resurrection. But what is this, this thing going on? 
Then I heard every creature on earth, great creature in heaven on earth and under the earth, and in the sea, and all that is in them, singing, To the one seated on the throne, and the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. It's a little out of context. A little bit. A lot of out of context. What are we talking about here? No. Is that that really all of it? No. Yep. I'll do that on that one. Okay. Well, what is coming up that has to do with the Holy Spirit? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> My brain is... Pentecost is coming up soon. Let's see. What is Pentecost? What is Pentecost? No, but I kind of want to go back to that creature there. Alexa. Probably unplugged. Did you say Pentecost or Holocaust? Pentecost. Pentecost. Alexa. That's the juice shot. Somebody unplugged her. Why are you doing that? I don't know. Everything keeps getting unplugged from the computers and stuff. Pentecost. Think about this. They were in the upper room when Pentecost happened. What happened? It's when they were blessed with the Holy Spirit. Mm. The, 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 the storm came upon them. Yeah, and it was the, the torrent of, of uh, yeah. spoken tongues and... And that happened then the oof to go on and go and, and spread this word of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ and 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 Because everything else that had happened was not an oomph enough for them. Well, <laughs> yeah. you still gotta have people to spread the word. Oh, I mean, you can have rumors all you want, but these guys saw it. We, mm-hmm. uh, one of those. Yeah. Thank you. Let's okay, I'm gonna have a look on that now. Yeah, yeah. is cool. It's, it, it's, it's interesting. It was. It, I liked that last year. Today we showed it showed a compassionate God. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, I talked about at the end what I was saying was, look, people want to portray our God, label our God as this ogre, this this this, this divine being that wants us to suffer, and you know, he's not. He has even after our sin after sin after sin provided us with everything and graced us with the life that he's given us. I mean, it's, look, I can imagine living a lot worse, you know, than, I mean, even if we had to just go live off the land, you know, out of our apartments, never out of our mm-hmm. it's all there. Mm-hmm. It's all, he's provided for us. It's all there. We could be on Mars. <laughs> huh? We could be stuck on Mars right now trying to stay alive. Could be. Trying to <laughs> trying to use uh, global warming to make that place into a... We're actually going to do that, by the way. Did you hear that? A new, uh, uh, terraform, a form of terraforming is... There's a use, use global warming. And stuff. Use the global warming to actually make it mm-hmm. uh, turn into warm up enough so it could have an atmosphere and, 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 replenish and, itself. and, and water instead mm-hmm. of liquid methane on the... On the surface. Because they can use what's there now, technically, to, to, keep, to try and kickstart it. the theory. Very interesting idea. Mm-hmm. And it's something we learned that destroyed our planet. Couldn't that could actually start be a new, another one. You know, a life-saving place for us. Just, well, the overuse of said, of said chemicals is what is that, destroying well, our planet. What we about all the time? Mm-hmm. What's that word I always use? Moderation. I, I just had your yeah. my head. Everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. You don't need to overdo it, you don't need to underdo it. And if, you're, if you act like you're, if you get an allergic reaction to it when you do it, don't do it at all. Right. You know, hello. Okay. At the very end, I, I, I like, I like to kind of get a little, you know, dramatic, little dramatic at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, there was like two or three times in this one. There was. Mm-hmm. I tried. I mean, my voice wasn't really letting me do it too well, but I tried. Um, it's so much better when you're here. Okay, it says here. They wouldn't be going back to fishing. Instead, they would be tending to the flocks of people who would be coming to faith through the power of His Holy Spirit. So, the questions at the end. We're going to keep going too long. I think we're all a little tired today. Okay? Yeah. Will we walk with Him, listen to Him, obey His words? Will we, will we cast out our nets one more time when He tells us where what he tells us and where he tells us. Will we take the time to sit around the fire with him? Will we jump out of the boat because more than anything we love Jesus and want to be with him? 
Will we allow ourselves to be bold enough to ask the Lord to help us live abundantly? Will we allow ourselves to receive an anointing for success and victory? Will we? Will we? Will you? Okay. That basically is saying you as a Christian need to be openly and outwardly showing you are a Christian and actively jumping doing, off the boat, getting yeah, crazy, boat. doing what you need to do to get the word moved about. We need to spread this word out there. And then taking the risk of, oh, I know that God is asking me to do this. I actually need to go and do this, whatever it is. I mean, God doesn't want us to hurt. But we have to ask him what to do sometimes. He'll talk, I mean, he'll tell you what to say. Prayer's not a, not a monologue. It's a conversation. conversation. Shut the hell up and listen. Seriously. Um, because if you don't shut up, he can't tell you where the fish are. Does that make sense? A little bit. The fish were right there next to them. They didn't know it. But he can see it. Jesus can see things we can't see. But he's not, he's not, he will, he will divulge that information with you. He'll tell you, he'll hey, look, the fish are right there. Go get them. You just have to be willing to listen. And, and then, sometimes you have to be willing to ask for it. And then to do it, whatever he tells you. <laughs> right. Because you know what? There's times that he's probably told us. Uh -huh. You know, we go, oh, please help me with this, help me with this. And he'll go, look, okay, you go down, go back down to that, that, that road you were just at, and make a left. And, and you go, Oh, that could be right. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a bad area. I mean, you know, I'm going to hop on this helicopter go this way. <laughs> I think I'll go back the other way, you know, that nice new paved road. I'll go that way. So we're not listening. Our paths are often unpaved or wooded or in the water. Or you end up having to go back and back and back again. <laughs> so don't always expect you to be a nice cobblestone. Okay. Look, God wants us to be happy. God wants us to live a good life. That's why he started, made us begin with. Think about the stories from the beginning of time. The guy the Adam and Eve, the great, the great parables of Genesis. He built paradise for us. And our earth still is a paradise. I'm going to talk about this. Look around, look around at our neighbors. Look at our galactical neighbors. Uh, they ain't much out there, but it's very pretty. It's gorgeous, but not to live on. So... We understand that God is fair. He's fair, yeah. He's not fair that he doesn't punish us enough for what we do, first of all, but he's fair in the sense that, you know, he's not he's not out to, to, to hurt us. He, he built and made us. Why would he want to do that? Why would he want us to suffer? Would you have your child, if you, were, if you were to have children, would you want your children to suffer? What would be the meaning of that? Why would why would you do that? What, how would that introduce the demented mental case that that benefits nobody? There's no benefit to that. There's no joy there. There's no, there's no sense of accomplishment there. There's no sense of accomplishment to rear that child up and have them enjoy life. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and make and be happy. Be productive. You'd be productive. There's a lot of people are productive in this world and you know they have a big frown on their face all the time. Because all they do is work. Listen, it's about moderation. Everything in moderation is life. Mm -hmm. I still believe that. I think it's every time we talk about things like this, I, I bring it back to that because I'm trying to understand, get you to understand. It's with everything. It all ties back in. Everything we talk about is going to come back to that. And the equalization. <laughs> all those things, they all apply to life. That's a life skill. That's, that's everything we're talking about. All right? All right. Listen up. Um, next week, I have a very busy weekend. <clears throat> I will be gone uh, most of the weekend, but I will be here for service, toward service on Sunday. Okay. Service will be at normal time, 3 o'clock. Okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. Things are going to get interesting here for the next few weeks, so just be, just be ready for the roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, let's end this in prayer. Please pick up your phones and start texting people and telling them, come march in the parade with us. <laughs> Seriously. I'm gonna go probably back to my room, get back in bed. And make a nice long siesta. I doubt that's gonna happen yet. Short prayer. Are you that tired? Yes. <laughs> Holy Spirit, get in ya. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to come together as a, as a, a, a congregation today and praise you without any fear of 
persecution. Lord, we ask that this week you help us to spread our wings and spread the word of our church by inviting those to come to church or to come to march with us. Lord, watch over us this week. Help us to have the energy to make it through and keep it on our family, huh? And all this we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. See you next week at 3 o'clock.